Welcome to this hour of worship with Faith Christian Reformed Church. Uh, we're so glad that, that you could join us. Online, uh, our bulletin, our weekly bulletin is available as always, and there you can find some updates on church ministry, on our church family. One thing I'd like to highlight that's in the bulletin this week is that our annual profession of faith class for high schoolers is going to be starting soon in January. Um, so if you're a high school student and you want to profess your faith uh, this year, please let me know as soon as possible. And then with these strange times, um, I'll see how many people we have and figure out the best way to hold that class this year, okay? So that's going to be in January. It's a little earlier than normal. It's normally in February, but just let me know so I can plan accordingly given how large the class or small the class might be, and we can figure that out. There's also uh, a note in there about making profession of faith if you are not a high schooler but have been baptized in the church to get in touch with me, and a note about um, our uh, holding another membership class if you're interested in membership. You can also reach out to me if you're interested in joining Faith Church. So, we made it by God's grace alone to this last Sunday of an insane year, and I don't think that's an understatement. We made it to the last Sunday of this year, 2020, and today, as we begin worship, we're continuing to focus on Jesus coming at Christmas with a reading and with a candle lighting, uh, this time from the Kinnis family. So let's watch, let's listen. We're the Kinnis family. Today we continue to celebrate the coming of Christ. We give thanks to for the light of the world who was born for us. We give thanks for our wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Today we'll be reading Isaiah 9, 2 through 7. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as the people rejoice at the harvest, as men rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. On the... Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Let us pray. Father, thank you for giving us the Christ child. Enable us to walk in his light. Keep on delivering us. Help us to keep rejoicing in you every day. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Kinnis family. Here near year's end, our call to worship 
this morning is from Deuteronomy 31. It's verses 7 and 8. I'll read it. You can just listen. Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the presence of all Israel, Be strong and courageous, for you must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to their forefathers to give them, and you must divide it among them as their inheritance. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. This morning, with our scripture reading for the sermon, we're going to see in the story of Simeon and the baby Jesus how through this past year, we've been given comfort. Not necessarily a perfect life, not a year without any challenges, but through the year yet, perfect comfort in Jesus. Receive uh, this greeting as we begin. Grace and peace be yours from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Right now we're going to sing together all the verses of O God our help in ages past. Let's worship our never-changing God. For the next few minutes, we're going to spend some time um, confessing our sins, confessing our great need for the Lord, and then being 
uh, reminded of his great grace and faithfulness to us and for us in Jesus. So let's, let's join together in singing. Just love. 
In just a minute, we're going to go to God in our, our morning prayer. And um, the first part of this prayer is a Puritan prayer for year's end. Okay? Let's join together. O oh, love, beyond compare, you are good when you give us gifts in our lives and when you take things away. You are good when the sun shines on us and when the night gathers over us. You have loved us before the foundation of the world, and in love you redeemed us. You love us still in spite of our hard hearts, in ingratitude and distrust in you. Your goodness has been with us during another year, even during this year, 2020. Your goodness has been leading us through a twisting wilderness, helping us to advance when we've wanted to retreat and when we've been beaten back, helping us yet to make headway. Father, we know your goodness will be with us in the year ahead, too. Lord, each one of us opens up the sail and pulls up the anchor of this year with you as the blessed captain of our future as our past. We're thankful that you have hidden from us the waters ahead. If you have appointed for us storms of trials, we know you will be with us in them. If we have to pass through a typhoon of persecution and temptation, we will not drown. If we die, we will see your face all the sooner. If a painful end is to be our lot, give us grace that our faith will not fail. If we are to be cast aside from a service and place uh, that, that we love, we have no right to protest. Only, God, glorify yourself in each one of us, whether in comfort or in suffering, as a vessel chosen for your use in this world. This morning, we ask that you would bless some in our church family who need you in a special way. Uh, we know names and people like Ron Vanderdahl and Ray Rosendahl and Sharon as she cares for Ray and Judy Veltsema. We know there are other names uh, that are perhaps on our hearts and in our thoughts as we pray together and certainly that are um, in your mind, our great God. We pray that you'd bless Pastor Matthew and family on this weekend off. And, and we pray, even as we talk about comfort a bit in the message, we, we pray comfort for all those who at year's end are missing a loved one who you have called home. Father, uh, be gracious to us, your children in spite of our wandering, in spite of our stubbornness, in spite of our rebellion, thank you that you sent our only comfort, Jesus. It's in his name that we pray, and may this continued worship glorify you and be a blessing to the church family and even beyond. Amen. We're going to profess our, our faith together right now uh, with the church all around the world with the church throughout time by using the words of the Apostles' Creed, okay? Let's each say from the heart, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only begotten Son, our Lord, 
who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe a holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Right now, we're going to prepare our hearts uh, to hear God's word and hear it proclaimed uh, by singing, God has spoken by his prophet. Let's sing. Our scripture reading this morning um, immediately follows the Christmas account in Luke 2, which is Luke 2, 1 through 20. And the very end of those verses are, the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. They had just went gone to worship the baby Jesus. They had um, seen the angels in the fields at night. And then our verses begin in the next verse, which is Luke 2, 21, and we're going to be reading through verse 35. Let's listen together to God's holy and infallible word. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise him, he was named Jesus. 
the name the angel had given him before he had been conceived. When the time of their purification, according to the law of Moses, had been completed, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. And then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. That's God's word for us today. 2020 comfort. First of all, we're, we're going to think about how God's comfort came. Today is the 27th of December, so we're, we're two days after Christmas. In our text, we meet up with Jesus and Joseph and Mary, first of all, verse 21, eight days after his birth when he was circumcised and named, and then 40 days after he was born, which was the time of purification that we read about in verse 22. And that's when they met with Simeon in the temple in Jerusalem. This circumcision and purification, and we read about a, a consecration as well, all those were part of the incarnation. The incarnation is Jesus assuming flesh. It's part of the humiliation of the, the, the eternal Son of God becoming a baby. He's sinless, but yet he's going through circumcision and being consecrated, and his mother is going through purification. And these were all ceremonies that pointed to the fact that people are sinners in need of God's covenant of grace. So think about actually what's going on here. Jesus is God. He's perfect. He's sinless. But he entered into all of this, all our junk and the world's junk, put himself under the law like sinners 
So this is part of him becoming like us and identifying with us in every way in order to save us. So in in Jerusalem, God has a very special meeting planned with this Simeon. Simeon was an older man. He talks about being dismissed in peace now that he's seen Jesus, and that's referring to his death. We read that he was righteous and devout, that the Holy Spirit was upon him. He was no doubt a patriarch of the church. He had faithfully served in the temple for many years. And now Simeon is old. He's old. Some grade school children were were touring a retirement home. And they were asked by one of the residents if they had any questions. And one girl said, I have one. And she asked the woman, how old are you? And the woman said proudly, 98. The little girl was very impressed. Her eyes grew wide with wonder. And she asked this. She said, did you start at one? There was uh, a word once written in an Our Daily Bread devotional on old age that I want to share with you. It, it, it went like this. Old age is dreaded by almost everyone because it usually means loneliness and physical decline, a retreat to more and more inactivity. Some people tend to lose their enthusiasm for life and spend too much time in fruitless reminiscing or in self-pity. They, they feel like old Jimmy, an elderly gentleman that George Mueller, uh, the famous 19th century evangelist, often told about. And, and when this man, this old Jimmy, was asked what he did all day since he had retired, he replied, well, I just sit and think, I sit and think, and sometimes I just sit. And that, that's getting old in the worst way, ceasing to really be living anymore before we die. This little devotional goes on. History records that many people made some of their greatest contributions to the world and to society and to culture after the age of 65. The Earl of Hallsburg, for example, was 90 years old when he began preparing a 40 volume revision of English law. Goethe wrote Faust at 82. Galileo made his greatest discovery when he was 73. At 69, Hudson Taylor was still vigorously working in the mission field, opening up new territories in Indochina. When Caleb in the Bible was 85, he conquered and took Hebron, we read in Joshua 14, 10 to 15, and he says this, I am just as strong as the day Moses sent me out to spy the land. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. I'm not sure how many of us are going to have that level of physical strength at age 85 to go to battle and defeat enemies, but The devotional continues, God never intends us 
to retire from spiritual activity. The Bible says we can still bring forth fruit in old age, even as Jesus kept the best wine for the last at the wedding in Cana, so he seeks to gather the most luscious clusters of the fruit of the Spirit from the fully ripened harvest of our lives. And you may be sure God wouldn't keep you on this earth if he didn't have something worthwhile for you yet to accomplish. And so the encouragement is to keep on serving the Lord. Think of Simeon in old age and all that he must have seen in his lifetime. The Roman Empire's occupation of Israel and and all that impact. The Jewish people's oppression by the Romans cultural changes, changing fads. I wonder how much the robe and sandal styles changed over the decades. He saw the passing generations. But through it all, Simeon hung on to God's word and he hung on to God's promises right to the end. The average person might have given up, wandered from the Lord and his people, but But he didn't let the changing times and the passing years get him off track from waiting on and waiting for the promises of God. We're told he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. Did you catch that word? The consolation of Israel. And that means comfort. He was waiting for the comfort of Israel. And this would go back to the promises of salvation in the Old Testament that the Messiah would come, the Christ the promised one, the anointed one, that God would send his son for his people's sin. And it turns out that that this old guy, patiently waiting on God, though no doubt some people around him thought he was a little foolish to keep holding on to the promises, it turns out that he knew what he was doing. And as we approach year's end and Uh, reflect, uh, you kind of wonder where, where is, where do I find assurance? Where where do, do I have comfort and and, and what's my comfort in? And and, and we think, you know, what, what's really worth it in life? What's really worth focusing on? Don't you wonder that sometimes, whether for yourself or for yourself and and maybe your, your family. There, there are so many things to do. And there's only so much time and energy and money and resources we have. Time goes by so quickly. Um, I feel like our kids were, were toddlers. In the blink of an eye, they're going to college and, and getting close to being out of the home. So in, in light of the passing years and the passing time, as we reflect this year, how, how are we spending our energy? How are you spending your energy? Where is your focus in life for yourself, for your family, if you, if you have children, if you have grandchildren? What are, what are your goals? Well, we find that, that Simeon focused on the right thing. He focused in the right way. His energy was where it needed to be. And it was on something key, not only... That, that served him and blessed him his entire life, but that was also key and would be key for his eventual death. 
the consolation of Israel, the comfort of God's people. In other words, Jesus coming. What does God's comfort bring him after all these years of waiting and looking to his death now? We find that in verses 29 and 30. There, there are two things I will, that, that this comfort brings him in us. Uh, and, and the first is that in times of upheaval and adversity and trouble in the world and in our lives, we can have assurance. We can have peace. As Simeon clearly has, according to verse 29, since he says, now dismiss your servant in peace. Israel must have thought the promise would never happen. Up until uh, the New Testament writings, we're in the beginning of Luke and beginning of the New Testament here, there were 400 years of silence 400 years since God had last spoken through his prophets. Four centuries, longer than our country has been in existence. You go back to Adam and Eve and Noah and Abraham and Egypt and the desert wanderings, the judges, the kings, the kingdom splitting, uh, the nations coming around them, and then uh, God's people going go into exile. When would God do what he promised to do? When would God bring the one he promised in the midst of our troubles, in the midst of our sin? Many people gave up on the promises of God's word, but some held on to the promise. The remnant, the Bible talks about, the faithful. And Simeon was one of those He says, as you have promised, Lord, in praise to the Lord. He knew God was faithful to his covenant promises, even if it isn't according to our sense of the right timing. Many people gave up on the promises in the midst of the unrest and over the years of trouble. And because they didn't feel the promises were fulfilled when they thought they should be. But Simeon didn't do that. He didn't give up. And what about us? And what about, about you? This year has been filled with adversity, an unprecedented amount of unrest, disease, troubles, fighting. What have, have you been hanging on through all this? What, what are you waiting for? Where do you look for your peace? You know, if you just kind of do a little bit of an, a glance in the, in the paper and, and internet, um, you see that a lot of people kind of choose to Focus, it sounds weird, but it's true, focus on celebrities. How many articles aren't there about certain celebrity diets, beauty tips, hair, clothes style, relationship advice, political wisdom from our celebrities? There wouldn't be all those articles if people didn't click on them and read them. People eat that stuff up. So-and-so's no-filter Instagram photos. A new term this year is celebrity pastor, but there's no comfort in celebrities and no comfort even in a celebrity pastor. How many of our our heroes are going to have to crash and burn, get caught in immoral behavior before people realize that's not what our our focus should be? People aren't our hope. They can't save us. They don't have the answers. 
We can certainly appreciate people, but don't expect too much. I, I appreciate any number of singers and, and bands and watching certain basketball players, but I know they're just people. They're talented. They bring me a certain level of joy, uh, but they're just imperfect human beings. In his long life, Simeon didn't let himself get distracted by lesser things, but he waited for Jesus. He waited for the real deal. Simeon, just like any of us, could have chosen to cast his lot anywhere for hope, for joy, for trust, for assurance, for comfort. He chose the promises of God's word. He chose the Messiah, the promised one. It turned out to be worth the wait. It turned out to be worth it to stand out like a sore thumb sometimes while everyone else gave up and was looking other places. God's promises brought Jesus salvation and peace. In Simeon's words a bit later to Mary in verse 34 and 35, it's looking ahead to Jesus' crucifixion and how the way of salvation would be through the cross and that it would cause the falling and rising of many Why the falling of many? Well, it's because not everyone looks to Jesus. Sadly, there are people that miss out on the comfort of belonging to Jesus and choose to search for assurance elsewhere in other things. Although God's word broadcasts it for all to hear where our comfort lies. But also, the rising Simeon talks about For those who find their consolation in Christ. So where is our foundation of peace as 2020 is ending this week and 2021 is about to dawn? Look to the promises of God's word. Look to the fulfillment of those promises in Jesus. That old guy Simeon had it right. We need to be sure we do too. Jesus never disappoints. This consolation, this comfort is for us personally, each one of us, it brings personal assurance in life and it prepares us even for our death. But Simeon's word, Simeon's song, Simeon's comfort goes beyond that as wonderful as having that assurance is. And we need to go beyond that as well. We find that the comfort of Israel also, secondly, brings purpose in times of confusion and darkness. Not only assurance in times of adversity, but purpose in times of confusion and darkness. In verses 31 and 32, we see more about the consolation of Israel there, the comfort of Jesus' salvation. Simeon says that God prepared it in the sight of all people. It was a light for revelation to the Gentiles. And that's a huge deal. Simeon was a Jewish person, and he was a good Jewish person, listening to the promises of God to his people, waiting for their fulfillment. The Gentiles were non-Jews, basically everyone else in the world. To the standard, regular Jewish person, Gentiles, that word, that was almost a nasty, ugly word. 
Gentiles were unholy. Gentiles were not part of God's plan. Gentiles were not part of the promise of God. But this Simeon guy who paid attention to God's word really, truly listened to it from the beginning. And and the promises were always that the world would know God. The promises were always that the knowledge of God would be spread to the nations. It was never going to just stay with the Jewish people. It was never going to be an ethnic thing. But that's what a lot of people in Jesus' day thought. In, in their selfishness. They wanted to keep God and his comfort and his salvation and his assurance all for themselves. And they wanted to exclude others. They wanted it to be nice for their own. Simeon knew that the idea wasn't to keep salvation and comfort hidden just for our own. He knew through listening to God's word, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, that now God was going to fulfill his promises and purposes. While Israel failed to be a light for all nations, Jesus would be the light of the world, a light in the darkness and the confusion of our world. Jesus would commission his disciples to go out to share the good news everywhere. So you see what brought Simeon comfort? Not just that he held Jesus in his arms. It wasn't just a Jesus and me attitude, or or at least that's not enough that we have Jesus in the church nice. But what also brought comfort was this plan and this purpose of God that God's revelation would go out to all peoples. And that brings us comfort too. There's nothing worse in life than to go through times of, of, of feeling purposeless, to feel aimless, can be confusing. Um, But Jesus gives us purpose. Jesus has a purpose for your life, and in this world, he has a purpose for us, his people, together. It's to know him, it's to belong to him, and it's to share the good news, to be part of his church and to be part of the mission of his church. What an opportunity we as a church have these days More ethnic groups and types of people living near us than ever before. We shine the light through all nations, through our missionary support. But literally, all nations these days are right in our own backyards. One book noticed this about Jesus in the Bible, that Jesus met unbelievers where they were. He realized, says this paragraph in this book, What many Christians today still don't seem to get, cultivators have to go out in the field. And according to one count, the gospel records 132 contacts that Jesus had with people. Six of those were in the temple. Four were in synagogues. 122 were with people out in their regular life, in the mainstream of life. Maybe maybe you heard this, uh, there are so many anecdotes of of D.L. Moody, who started the Moody Church, and um, there's Moody Bible Institute. He once spoke with a woman who made very clear that she did not care for, she did not like his method of evangelism. And, And Moody says, the story goes, 
well, I don't really love it either. And then so he said, what's yours? And she said, well, I don't really have one. And Moody responded, well, then I like mine better than yours. He was at least doing it, right? As a church, we share the assurance and peace that belonging to Jesus brings and the purpose that we have, that all people have, when they're a living part of, of God's plan and mission in the world. As God's people today, we look to the Saint Simeon, and, and he shows us the way to comfort because the Spirit of Jesus was in him, and the Spirit of Jesus was upon him. What an amazing comfort Jesus Christ is. As the Catechism says, our only comfort in life and in death, with unrest, changes, challenges, what a peace we have so that we can say good riddance to 2020 resting in God's faithfulness what a peace but also what a purpose as we move forward as a people as a church in 2021 we've got a job to do and that's to share what God has prepared in the sight of all people spreading the light welcoming others to the church family with open arms Aren't you glad for his coming and that you belong to him? With the Prince of Peace in our hearts, giving us purpose, we can say, peace out 2020. And we could bring in the new year in this week ahead with the comfort of Jesus' peace, our assurance, and with the comfort of Jesus' purpose to reach the lost, to shine the light, to bring them in, not just for us. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this touching picture of, of Simeon and the baby Jesus and his mother and father and, and for especially the picture of your spirit giving grace and strength to this Simeon all the years of his life. Keep us too, O oh God, by your spirit in us and as a church as a whole, holding on to your promises, holding tight to your word. In your name we pray, amen. We're going to sing together the three verses of Great is Thy Faithfulness. Let's do that right now.
friends, brothers, and sisters. God, go before you to lead you. God, go behind you to guard you. God, go beneath you to support you. God, go beside you to befriend you. Do not be afraid. The blessing of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be upon you. Amen.